You are listening to Freedom Church STL. If you would like to check out more resources or donate to this ministry, please visit freedomchurchstl.com. Thank you for listening and enjoy this message. All right, let's get our Bibles out. Come on, we've got some work to do today. Don't we always have work to do on Sunday? I mean, don't we? Right? I mean, that's what this whole thing is for, right? Like, we are, this is not a production. This is not Cats. This is not a Broadway show. I mean, it's just not, right? You, it's just not. I mean, this is not for entertainment value, right? I'm not, I'm not worried about whether or not I make you cry, laugh, whether I make you angry or, or happy. Or, I'm not worried about that. All I'm concerned about is that you understand what the Word of God says so that you can apply it, number one, and then number two, that you can then teach it to somebody else. If I fail you on any level on those two things, then this Sunday has been a waste of time. Did you hear what I just said? Now, I understand. I understand worship is great, and I'm glad that we're getting together on that. But my job, my role in this is to make sure that we get the Word of God and that we can apply it and then teach it. All right? So let's get our Bibles out. I want you to turn. We're going to deal with something today. We're going to deal with some felt board stuff, so I need you to turn to Leviticus. That's a joke. If you weren't here last week, you don't get that joke. That is, for those that were here last week, that's hysterical. I mean, that is absolutely hysterical. Like, that's I know comedy, and that's good comedy. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. No, I want you to get your Bibles out, and I want you to turn to, where do I want you to go? 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Look at all you all sad that we didn't go to Leviticus. That's right, you can go to the children's church and they will be working through all of those things. They're breaking down the Greek and the Hebrew and hermeneutics and all kinds of stuff back there. It's crazy. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Let's go there. Let's go there. Are you with me today? All right, let's pray. Father God, I thank you so much. I thank you for your word. I thank you that it is alive, that it is active, that it is sharper than any two-edged sword. Father, I thank you that it, and the power of the Holy Spirit, literally has the ability to restore me, meaning it it can take things that were once shaped and molded by by negative thoughts and death and, and destruction, and all of a sudden you come in and literally restore it unto its right position, which is to glorify you. I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for that. Father, today I pray as a community that our ears are open and our hearts are receptive and that our knees are weak so that when you begin to deal with this, that we not push back, but that we would be easily moldable and pliable so that you can be glorified. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. All right, so we're going to deal with something today. We're going to deal with something. A, a, I like to do this every once in a while. I like to take a word or a phrase that we say in church all the time that we always think that, oh yeah, I understand that, I get that, but it just becomes kind of like a Pavlov's dog kind of thing. You know what I mean? We just say it because, well, we've always said it, right? And so today I want to break down uh, a statement and a word, and, and that simply is this, glorifying God. How many of you, somebody tell me what it means to glorify God. Anybody? I'll wait. Exactly, exactly, right? This is audience participation time, right? This is when you kick in, right? So let me ask again. So what does it mean to glorify God? To uplift, 
to praise, to honor, huh? To worship, right? And most of the time when we talk about glorifying God, right, it's mostly wrapped around our time of worship, right? Right, we're glorifying God with our hands lifted up and we're, we're worshiping, and we are, that is that. So there, there's no trick here. I'm not trying to, like, ha gotcha. You were wrong. No, it's right, but the problem is, is when we look at the word glorify, when we look at the command to glorify God, I think we kind of, I'm not going to say we miss it, we just don't see the fullness of the command. And I want to make sure that we are seeing the fullness and the weight behind it when he says that he desires for us to glorify him. In fact, it says it, and where did I tell you go? 1 Corinthians chapter 10, right? Starting in verse 31. How many of you know this verse already? So whatever you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it what? All for what? For the glory of God, right? And we love that. We put that on T-shirts. That goes on coffee mugs. It fits nicely on bumper stickers, right? I'm doing it all for the glory of God, right? It sounds like an 80s, like, like, like gym song, right? I, I mean, it just does. It gets you, like, pumped up. I'm doing it all for the glory of God, right? You know what I'm talking about. Okay, thank you. Nobody, everybody else looked at me like I was crazy. She, the, thing, the thing I'm thankful about my wife is even when you guys all look at me like I'm crazy, she just sits up there and she just smiles and nods. Yeah, baby, you're fine. Baby, you know, you're fine. And I only need her, so that's, I'm good. But I want to talk about that statement because most of us know this. In verse 10, verse 31, we know whatever I do, whether I eat or drink or whatever I put my hand to, I do it to glory and to the glory of God. Man, that's so good, right? Like, isn't that good? Is that, is that new revelation? Is that a verse you've never heard before? Anybody? No. But the, here, but the thing that I want to deal with is this. First, we have to define, number one, we've got to define what it even means to glorify God. What does it even mean when he says, do it to my glory, do it, I want you to glorify. So let's, let's just, let's for the note takers, let me give you kind of a definition of what we're going to roll off today. To glorify God is simple. To glorify God is to not to place glory on God or to add to his glory, but to recognize and acknowledge his glory. Does that make sense? So I am not adding, I'm not giving him permission to be who he is by giving him glory. Does that make sense? And I'm not adding anything to him. He is enough whether I say it or not. You got that? Okay. Now follow me on this. The basic meaning, and I'm just going to give you a definition that I kind of wrote down here. It says the basic meaning of the word glory is heavy in weight. Meaning when I add glory to something, when I'm saying something is worthy of glory, that there is something that is substantial about it, okay? And even in the verb to glorify, which is what we're going to deal with today, the verb glorify is to give weight to, meaning I am, I am saying this is, I'm giving weight to this thing, right? Or to honor, thus to glorify God is to recognize God for who he really is and to respond appropriately, Right? So when I, when the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that I should do everything, whether I eat or drink, I do it to the glory of God, or I do all things giving him glory, right? So what does that mean? 
What does that mean? That means that all I do in my words, in my actions, in my thoughts, in my deeds, what I do, I should be doing this with the understanding that I'm doing, that everything that I'm doing is giving glory to God in this. Like there's weight to that. Are you following me on this? But here's the problem. Here's the problem with that. The problem is, is when we see it in this context, because most of us have just taken that verse and we read it in that verse and we just go, yep, everything I do, which makes that what? Very personal. Who is it about now? Right? It's about you. It's about you and who? Him, right? So the whole point of you giving him glory, the whole point of everything you do, I do it and I glorify him in it. It's as if, And we kind of filter that through that it's only about you and him. Like the only reason I do the things that I do, follow me on this, the only thing, the only reason I do the things that I do is to make sure me and him are good and so that he knows that I know his position in my life. Are you following me on that? Right? How many of you, does that make sense to you? Meaning, meaning, does that resonate with you? That it's like, man, I do this, I do this, or I don't do this, so that me and him, and he knows that he's got glory in my life. How many of you say, yeah, that's, that's kind of how I walk out things? No, no, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Okay, good. But the problem is, is when, I think the problem is, and I think we've talked about this many times before, is that we have made... We have been fed such a line of doctrine and such a line of teaching that makes you the central focus of this word of the entire time. That it's about your relationship with God, Don. It's about your relationship with with God, Sonia. It's about Joni's relationship with God, right? Like we, we have been fed right? That I do, like everything is about you. It's your personal quiet time. It's your prayer walk. It's your, right? Like, and it's all about, it's me and him. It's me and him. It's all, it's just about me and him. It's about, I do this because of me and him. I I glorify him so that he knows that I know that he is who he is. So that's, that's between me and him. That's between me and him. The only problem is, is whenever, and I've said this a hundred times and I'll say it a hundred more times, whenever we are the stopping point of whatever he is doing, whatever he is doing in our lives, then we have missed the point. Meaning we have missed the fullness of the command or the fullness of what he is trying to do. Meaning, if everything we do, if I am just glorifying him to keep this, me and him good, then I kind of miss it. First of all, let me ask you this question. By doing anything more, meaning if I do what he would say is what he would say is right in his eyes, can I be saved more? Right? So like if, if there's something that he reveals in me, I change my attitude in that, I begin to walk out it, and I begin to glorify him by doing things in the right action and by a right heart, and I begin to taking the right steps, am I saved even more? Okay, so then, so then I have to ask the question, <laughs> then I've got to ask the question, then, then why? If it's not going to save me anymore, 
If the point is to not gain me any more, if, if I can't get more saved because of it, then why does he command us that in all things to do to glorify him? Man, I'm glad you asked that question. I'm so glad you asked that question. Well, let's take a look at it. I'm going to just give us a simple truth today. Last week, I gave you kind of a heavy truth. How many of you were here last week? Was it that help anybody last week? I'm just glad to see you back because I started off last week by telling you I was possessed and you all came back. That says more about you than it does me. That's all I'm saying. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, my son, when I said that on the front row, he went, hmm? and he's heard me say a lot of crazy things. I'm just saying. But I want us to see something here again. Why? Why in the world? Why does he ask us in all things to glorify him? If it's not to be more saved, then what's the point? Well, let's go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Now let's pick it up in verse 32. And we're going to read 32 through 33. It says this. No, no, no. Let me start with 31 so it makes it in context. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. Verse 32, do not cause anyone to stumble, whether Jews, Greeks, or the church of God, even as I try to please everyone in every way, for I am not seeking my own good, but the good of many, so that they may be saved. Now, follow me on this. All of a sudden, this goes well past why he asked of me to do all things to glorify him. That in all things that I do, he knows. Paul's going to even write, he's going to say, listen, you cannot be saved by works so that no man can boast, right? So we already know that. The Bible teaches the Bible, right? So we already know that, right, Corey? Right, I'm only going to teach to Corey today. So we already know that. We know for a fact that he's not talking that, man, you got to do everything you do, do it to the glory of God so that you can somehow work so you can boast. We know that ain't the case because we've got the whole context of the word that says that ain't the case. But all of a sudden, if we read that one verse and we make it just about crew and just about crew's relationship with God and about his walk with God and, oh, man, everything you do, all things that you do, whether you eat, drink, whatever you do, do it to glory to God. If crew only sees that in the context of crew and God's relationship, he will miss the point of the command. He will miss the people he is doing it for. You follow me on this? See, if I am not earning my way to God by doing things that glorify him, then I must be, he must have a reason for why he wants me to live the way I'm living. And the reason is, is because when I do things in me that glorify God, it then points back to God. And God becomes the final part of the puzzle. See, when I just do things that glorify him and it's just about me and him, then I'm the period in the sentence. I'm just the comma. Do you follow me on that? 
I'm the comma in the sentence. I do everything in my life to glorify him, not just to reap the benefits for me. I do that. I do that so that those around me will not be, I will not be a stumbling block to them and so that I will not be confusing to them so that they can see the very one that has saved me and so that they can be saved. My goodness, the church, I have to be honest with you. I feel like the church is so... It's like we're so focused on our own walk with Christ and we've made that such an important thing. Like, and, and again, I get it. I'm not, I'm not downplaying something. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have our quiet times and I'm not saying that we shouldn't have our times in the word, but those things are for a purpose and we've got the percentages flipped up and down. We've made our personal walk with Christ and our personal quiet times and our personal reading times, we've made that in the scope of heaven. We've made that like the 80% and made the, the reaching people and showing people God the 20. And God's like, listen, I've already saved you and I can give you everything you need in that 20 and the 80% is going and reaching. Are you following me on this? But the church has flipped it. The church has flipped it. We've done that. We've flipped it. We've made it about Don and Don and your walk. And Don, you need to come to church and find out how your walk can be better. Why? So Don's walk is better for no other reason other than Don's walk being better. Oh, Jeff, you're broken? That's okay. We can come and teach Jeff how to be better. And Jeff, we can make sure you, I can give you books and all this stuff, and you can just invest yourself in this. And Jeff, you can get alone with yourself for, for hours on end and read the word and pray, and, and that'll be about you. And then you can come back on Sunday morning and not talk to anybody. But it doesn't matter because you're here just to glorify him. Sometimes I feel like the church is like in fast forward to glorify God and in the process they're passing away. They're passing over the very thing of why they're supposed to be glorifying God. That the whole point of glorifying God in everything that we do is that that's those who see. In fact, let's look at that real quick so you don't think it's just my words. Let's just see what Jesus has to say about this. Go to Matthew. I didn't make this up. I didn't write this. Matthew chapter 5, Jesus says this. Come on, this is feltboard stuff, guys. He says, you are the light of the world. Who is he talking about? I'll, I'll wait. He says, you are the light of the world. Who is he talking about? He's talking about the church, right? He's talking about those that believe. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand and it gives off light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others that they may see your good deeds and then what? Glorify your Father in heaven. Did you hear what I just said? The end goal, if it was just about us, follow me on this. If it was just about us and us doing the right things that heaven says is the right things, then Jesus would have just said, listen, that you know what, in the same way, let your light shine before heaven so that heaven can see your good deeds and, and, and will be good. No, he says you do these things, you honor, you walk in this way, why? Not so that you can gain so much ground on heaven, you've already got your reward. You've already got Christ. So you're doing these things so that they can see you, see your good deeds, 
and then in turn see God in those good deeds. You say, well, Pastor Chris, that sounds like the potential for self-righteousness. That sounds like the potential of, wait a second, I don't want to let my deeds be before people. I don't want to let people see what I'm doing. Because No, 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 no. Again, the Bible teaches the, the Bible. Because he's understanding, again, he's mirroring for us. He's leading us in the example, meaning all of his good deeds were done as a servant. And so he is saying, as you go about glorifying my father, let the people see you glorifying my father in your servanthood. In all you do, how you serve, how you give, how you love, how you forgive, all of those things, do it in my pattern. Because then when they see that, then you will not be the end result. If you, if you just let them see your good deeds, dun da 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 right? Look what I have done. I am self-righteous and better than you, right? If that was the point, then the whole, the whole scripture falls apart. But he says, no, man, listen, I need you to show them your good deeds in the pattern of my son. I need to show them in my pattern so that when they see that, they will then see my father. Because that's the end game. Do you understand that? Do you understand that, Don, once you accepted Christ, how long ago was that, Don? It was a long time, wasn't it? It was at least last week, right? Huh? 47 years. Do you realize the second Don said, okay, Jesus, you're the man and I'm not, and he bowed his knee to him, that it no longer be, Don's been living a life of 47 years that should not point to Don. From that moment on, all of Don's good deeds should glorify the Father, not that he could gain anything more of that salvation experience, but so that they would see the goodness of God in those things. Yeah. The failing of Don and the goodness of God. Are, are, you, are you following me on this? What I'm saying is, is we, I want us to be able to understand when we say, oh yeah, I glorify God. Oh God, you are glorified in all things that I do. That is such a churchy thing to say, man. First of all, nobody says that out there. Nobody walks out and says, I'm just glorifying God. No, 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 I don't need to say that. I'm just gonna do it and I'm gonna make sure I do it to those around me. Why? So that they can see my good deeds, my, my acts of service. I want them to see those things, not from a self-righteous standpoint, but I wanna see them from a broken man receiving something from a good God so that God can be glorified and they see him and be saved. My goodness. Can you imagine if the church woke up and just realized it wasn't about them? I feel like sometimes that the church is chasing down something that they already have. No, no, no. Did you hear what I just said? It's like you've received the salvation. You've received righteousness for unrighteousness. But for some reason, you're still chasing down as if something will be added to you. And in all reality is God saying, I want to work in you so that I can be revealed in you so that I can be revealed not just for you because you already know me. I want to be revealed in you so that those around you can see me. In fact, Jesus is going to say this, and I'm going to end with this because I told you, I only want to give you something simple this morning. Is that fair? Sometimes we go deep and we go big and we have to put our thinking caps on. Sometimes I just want you to walk away with one thing to chew on. Is that fair? Okay. But let's look at what Jesus says. And we'll end with this. In John chapter 17, John chapter 17, starting in verse 21. 
This is where Jesus begins to pray. In fact, I'm going to start in verse 20 just because it encourages me. This is Jesus praying for us. He says this, my prayer is not for them alone, talking about the guys in front of them. He says, I also pray for those who will believe in me through their message. Do you realize right then and there, your Savior was praying for you right now in this moment? Did you hear what I just said? That Jesus, the one that we follow after, was praying for us. And he continues. He says he goes before the Father and, and prays for us and, and intercedes for us. He says that is still continuing today. That just encourages me, man. I'm never alone. He hasn't checked out on me. He hasn't saved me and then said, good luck. He says, I pray also for those who will believe in me uh, through their message. Verse 21, that all of them may be one, Father, just as you are in me and I am in you. He's showing this pattern. He's showing the pattern of the why we do this. May they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the, the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me, so that they may be brought to a complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved me and loved them even as you have loved me. Are you, are you seeing this? Like what, I'm, what he's saying here, what he's simply saying here is, is that my prayer isn't that just somehow one day that we would know, that we would know him. Yeah, that's his desire, but his prayer is that, that we would not only know him, but that we, that we would be one with him just like he's one with the Father. Why? It's just like Jesus came to reveal who? God. His desire is for us to be in him like Jesus was in the Father. So that why? So it could just end with us? No, so that we could play our role in fulfilling and revealing the Father. No, I mean, are you trying with me on this? See, this takes it from, from, from Cruiser just working out his own salvation and just, you know, get out of my way. I'll deal with you later. I'm working on glorifying God. It takes us from this little space that it's just about him and God, and all of a sudden he realizes, wait a second, that thing that God is working in him, that thing that God is dealing with him in his own quiet time, in his personal time, is so that he can then go and reveal that very thing, the glory of God, to those around him to be saved. Crew is never the period in the sentence. Holly is never the period in the sentence. You are the comma to the end goal, which is for those that do not know to know. Now, does that make sense? I'm trying to put weight back onto something that I feel like we've removed the weight from and we've just turned it into pretty words of I just come to church and I glorify him. Oh, I glorify you. And then we use words like this, I magnify you. You don't use that word any other time ever. But more, you come into church, I glorify you. I magnify you. I lift you up. That's what I do. And the reality of it is, is we don't even understand and know how, that applic- how that's applicable to us. And not only that, we minimize the fact that he says, I want you to glorify me, but it's for a purpose. Yeah. Not for me and you to be good. We're already good. But for them to see me through you because that's the ministry I've given you. Do you hear me today? Come on, I know it's simple stuff and I know it's not a lot, but I want us to chew on this. I want us to go past our own personal walk. He did not save you just for you. Did you hear what I just said? He did not save you just 
for you. He saved you with a job in mind, a job of the ministry of reconciliation. So let's step into it. And the only way we step into it is when we get out of this mindset, it's just me, you, against the world. No, no, it's not. It's me and you to reach the world. Let's pray. Let's pray. Come on, we need to, we, boy, if we grab onto this thing, goodness gracious, goodness gracious, goodness gracious. Father, I do, I genuinely pray and ask, I ask that you just kind of rip off the scales of our eyes where we have turned our relationships so personal, so, so introverted, so just about me that we miss our very job and we miss the command that you've given us. Father, I just pray right now that we are awakened, that we realize that we are to glorify you, but it is with a cause and a purpose. Let us see that clearly, God. Father, I pray that repentance comes. I pray that, that we realize that where we have missed it, where we have fallen short, that we can repent and move on and step into what you have had for us. Father, my prayer is every single man, woman, and child under the sound of my voice realizes they have a ministry given to you, given to them by you, and that we step into it and act on it accordingly. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. amen. We'll stand to your feet, you beautiful people, you. Come on, does this help anybody? Thanks for joining us. If you would like prayer, you can text Freedom Prayer to 94000 and send us your prayer request. And don't forget to find us on social media at Freedom Church STL. You can also find more info on our website at freedomchurchstl.com.